This is a Women in Revival podcast. Today, we are continuing the series, Learning from Wives in the Bible. Our sub-series is Sephira, Loyal Till Death Do Us Part. Our topic for today is The Marriage Vow. Everyone knows when you get married that the priest or the officiant will ask you, will tell you, do you accept this man's hand in marriage till death, in sickness, in health, in good or in bad, till death do you part? And normally the woman says, I do. And he will ask the man the same thing. And normally the man will say, I do. Sephira was a woman who took this vow very seriously. Normally when people think of Ananias and Sephira, they think especially of Sephira as someone who was a liar. But I'm of the opinion that even in the bad people, we can see good things. Sephira may have sinned, but she was loyal to her husband till death did them part. Deborah Shinobi will now take us further on this subject. So, Father God, thank you, Lord, for the faithfulness that has seen us through the very beginning of this series and how far you have brought us. I am praying that as we are rounding up this learning from the wives of the Bible this week, you will put your blessing upon every wife that has gone through this series, O Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to welcome you back to Women in Revival podcast. I trust this series has been a blessing to you, learning from wives in the Bible. We've been looking at various wives in the Bible, and I'm sure their lives has been a challenge and a blessing to you as it has been to me. Now, we've come to sub-series 11, which is going to be the last sub-series in this particular series of learning from wives in the Bible. We will be looking at another wife in the Bible, like I said, who is going to be the last wife that we will be looking at in this series. And I'm praying that as we look at this wife, the Lord who has been speaking to you will yet once again speak to you. This time we want to look at Sapphira, loyal till death do us part. So we want to look at this wife who is in the New Testament, Sapphira, and let's see what we can take from her life, loyal till death do us part. So we want to look at the matter of her loyalty and where to draw the balance as wife. So we'll be considering our ordeal, the outcome of our ordeal, if she allows that to add on the gospel or not. So I'm praying that the Lord will speak to us. Don't forget, we've been through 10 wives already. We looked at Eve and a total stranger. We looked at Ruth, treading the path of widowhood. We've looked at Abigail and a house under fire. And we also looked at Hannah when barrenness threatens your marriage. And we looked at Micah dealing with a busy and socially engaged husband. And we also looked at the Shunammite woman when your husband is not taking responsibility. We looked at the Shudemite woman when your husband is not taking responsibility. And we also looked at Jezebel dealing with a depressed husband. And also we looked at Esther when a Christian woman marries a non-believer. And we also looked at Job's wife when disaster strikes. And last time before this series, we looked at Elizabeth when a husband is absent. She was the first New Testament wife that we looked at. And we will be looking at the second New Testament wife in this series. 
and this is going to be the end of this series so let us look at safira loyal till death do us part you know the matter of marriage is till death do us part and i think before i go on let us look at the book of romans chapter 7 i will read from verse 1 to verse 3 and it says know ye not brethren for i speak to them that know the law how that the lord have dominion over a man as long as he liveth for the woman which have an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth but if the husband be dead she is loose from the law of her husband so then if while her husband liveth she be married to another man she shall be called an adulteress but if her husband be dead she is free from that law so that she is no adulteress though she be married to another man so what do i just want us to take from here you know i just want us to see here that marriage is actually a relationship that only death ends so brother paul in his letter to the Romans says marriage between a man and a woman only ends at death and as we are going to look at safira's loyalty to her husband we'll be seeing that marriage actually indeed call for our loyalty to our husbands but how do we draw the balance so today i want us to look at the marriage vow the marriage vow don't forget what we saw earlier what we read earlier from romans 7 verse 1 to 3 told us that marriage is till death do us part so let us look at the marriage vow i had to go online and look for a few marriage vows i know in our days people have adapted it people have changed it to whatsoever fit them whatsoever suit them but i love the traditional marriage vow and i will just read one that i've had go here with me and it says i take thee to be my wedded husband to have and to hold from this day forward for better for worse for richer for poorer in sickness and in health to love and to cherish till death do us part according to god's holy ordinance and dear to i pledge thee my faith or i pledge myself to you what a lovely vow so this is a traditional marriage vow. this was the vow i made i remember some years ago to my beloved husband that i will love you i will cherish you both in sickness and in health to love and to cherish till death do us part both for better and for worse so as we'll be looking at safira the wife of the man called ananias will be seeing how she played this vow where do we draw the boundary in our matrimony where do we trust god to use the wisdom of god in carrying out even this marital vow it says i take thee to be my wedded husband to have and to hold from this day forward for better and for worse sometimes it is possible for a wife who don't fully understand the word of god you know just dancing to the tune of the husband even when what the husband is doing or saying is totally totally contrary to the word of god just as we will see in the case of safira i am praying that the lord will help us to be wise wives 
who will help our husbands not to sin, but to help them to be delivered from the life of sin if any one of them is trapped in that. So to hold and to cherish for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, till death do us part. And we'll be seeing that actually that was what became of Ananiah and Sapphira. So as we look at the life of Mrs. Ananias and her husband, I am praying that the Lord himself will speak to your heart and help you to know where to draw the boundary in your dealings and in your relationship with your husband as a Christian wife. Before I close today, let us read Malachi chapter 2 and verse 14. I'm reading from the King James Version. It says, Yet ye say, Wherefore? Because the Lord have been witness between thee and the wife of thy youth, against whom thou hast dealt treacherously, yet is she thy companion and the wife of thy covenant. So whenever we stand before the altar or even in the court or wherever you do your marriage ceremony, whenever you stand to say this marital vow, the traditional one that I spoke to you or whichever one you used, I know nowadays I'm told that it's been modified that we remove the for better, for worse aspect of it and the richer, for poorer aspect of it. But the honest truth is that marriage actually is to be enjoyed, whether there's poverty or whether there is riches, whether there is um, health or whether there is no health. So whether you take that out or not, the honest truth is that God's standard remains the same, just as we saw in Romans chapter 7, that a marriage between a man and a woman is meant to be till death do you part. So from this Malachi chapter 2, we are saying that God says, I am a witness. So when you stood before the Lord, when you had your wedding and you were making that marital vow, actually, you were making the vow not only to your husband, but much, much also. It is a covenant you are entering with the Lord. You've often heard me say marriage is God's baby, and that is what it is. So when a man and a woman stand either in court, whether at church, maybe you will say, well, I actually married him when I was unbeliever, or I was a Muslim when I married him, I was this. But the fact is that you stood and you both took an oath, and you both promised each other, and God honors that vow. So the Bible says, God is a witness between you and your husband and i want you to know that god is the witness between you and your husband he is the witness between you and your husband i keep repeating this and i am praying that the lord will let this stay so strong upon your heart in all you do as you help your husband both in sickness and in health both when rich and when poor i pray you do it knowing that the Lord is a witness even on the day that you both made that marital vow and every day that you deal with each other. If every wife would know this, maybe if Mrs. Safira Ananaya knew this, that the Lord is a witness in our marital relationship, maybe she would have acted better. Maybe she would have honored the Lord even in the decision she and her husband made. 
So it is my prayer that we will not deal treacherously with each other, neither would we deal treacherously even with the Lord. The Lord sees what goes on in our marriages. The Lord sees the conversation we are having with our husband. The Lord is a witness between you and even your husband. And I'm praying that having that knowledge that the Lord is here, the Lord is in this marriage, the Lord is here while me and my husband is talking, the Lord is here while we are making this decision, the Lord is here while we are concluding this decision, that will help you to make godly decisions, to make decisions that will help your husband's life, that will help your marriage, to the glory and to the honor of the God in whose presence you both made that covenant to love, to hold, and to cherish each other. Till death do you part. Amen. This is Women in Revival podcast. Yesterday, we continued the series, Learning from Wives in the Bible. Our sub-series is, Sephira, Loyal to Death, Do Us Part. And our topic for today is, Partnering with Her Husband. Today, we will see that Sephira worked in cohesion. She partnered with her husband, even though they partnered together to commit a sin, to lie to the Holy Spirit to lie to God and to Peter. Sephira showed a good quality in going along with her husband. They both worked together. Marriage is about partnering, about compromising, about working together towards a common goal. Now, I'm not saying go and commit sin, and Deborah is definitely not saying that, but partner with your husband toward the good of your children, of your family, and toward the good of your environment. Deborah Shinobi will now take us further on this subject. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this series and how you've helped us so far. Thank you for the life of Mrs. Safira Ananias that we want to begin to look at. We thank you for your plan for marriage. Marriage is meant to be till death. So we praise your name as you seal your word in every heart, in Jesus' name. Amen. So welcome back to this Women in Revival podcast and particularly to this series and to this sub-series 11, Safira, Loyal Till Death Do Us Part. I was saying last time that the plan of God for marriage is that marriage will be till death. We looked at Romans chapter 7, verse 1 and 3, and we saw the Lord saying to us that as long as a man and a wife are alive, their marital vow is binding. And we concluded that marriage is actually a relationship that only death brings an end to. And we looked at the marriage vow. I read even a traditional marriage vow, the one which I took on the day I accepted my husband to be my husband. And we saw that actually, as wives, we are to hold, we are to have, we are to cherish our husbands, we are to be their beloved, they also being our beloved, for better, for worse, 
for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health. We are to love them. We are to cherish them till death do us part. And that is the right thing for us to do as wives and particularly as Christian wives. And I'm saying, unfortunately for some of us wives, we've, because of our lack of understanding of what the Bible says, we have actually brought sin into our matrimony, not knowing that actually some of the things our husbands are engaged in, God may have used us to help them if we know what the word of God says. You know, I found situation when I see wives in cooperation with their husband, maybe they are seeking citizenship in a particular country, you know, get themselves into arranged marriages, all sorts of sham marriages, just to get the citizenship of a nation. And such wives, they are in agreement, they plan with their husbands, and you know, they go to court or wherever, and they get this, they endorse their husbands, getting married to another woman outside them for the sake of getting an earthly citizenship. That is not right. That is not correct. And there are many, many things that wives have foolishly submitted and subjected themselves to, which has brought a kind of ruin to their matrimony, not knowing that their loyalty to their husbands is to help him to live right, not to live in sin. So we ended up looking at Matthew chapter 2 verse 14 and the Lord was saying to us that actually he is the witness in our marriage. He is the witness in our relationship with our husbands. And I'm praying that in all you do, in responding to your husband's decision, in relating with your husband, you will do so knowing that you have a witness in that marriage. Where no eyes can see, where no one knows, you will know that there is an unseen witness who is taking account of what is happening in your matrimony. If you've missed any series, do feel free to go back to our website, www.okofrighteousness.co.uk. And I'm praying that you will make the best of the opportunity God has given you to be a wife. So today, let us move on and look at partnering with her husband. We want to look at Mrs. Safira partnering with her husband because she knew that actually she's got her husband to have and to hold from the day she said yes, even when they were joined together. She understood that they were for worse and for richer. She understood that they were for better and for worse, for richer and for poorer, in sickness and in health. She understood that she was to love and to cherish her husband. So let us go and see how she did not understand that actually that ought to be in righteousness, in godliness, in holy living. So partnering with our husband. Let's go to the book of Acts chapter 5. And today, let us read from verse 1. I will let us know wherever I'm stopping. So it says, But a certain man named Ananias, with Sapphira his wife, sold a possession. I think I should actually stop in this verse 1. Now, before we get into this verse 1, if you go back to this chapter, chapter 4, it talks of what was happening among the disciples then. Many of them were selling their property and they were bringing the money to the feet of the, of the apostles. They were leaving it down for the care and the welfare of the other brethren. 
So by the time we now get to this chapter 5, we are now meeting Mr. and Mrs. Ananias who also were part of a fellowship. They were part of the discipleship fellowship. And here now the Bible says, Ananias and Sapphira, his wife, sold their possession. So the first thing that I'm seeing in this verse 1 is that Ananias and Sapphira sold their possession in agreement. So Sapphira partnered with her husband in the selling of their possession. So it wasn't without her knowledge, it was with her agreement. Now, even though that is not what I want us to settle on today, in verse 2 now the Bible says, and kept part of the price, his wife also being private to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. I'm praying that the Lord will give us understanding of what we are looking at today as we are considering the life of this wife. So, Mrs. Safira Ananias, in partnering with her husband, they sold their property in partnership, and we are now seeing the Bible says they kept part of the price. So, maybe the house was sold for 400,000 pounds, and they probably half it and said, Let's give half. Let's keep up. So in agreement, in partnering with her husband, she agreed to make sure that some of the money in which this, the house was sold should be kept. I don't know whether the Lord is giving you an understanding of what I see the Lord sharing with me. Remember we said the Lord is a witness in your matrimony. Even though they thought they were doing this between each other, they did not know that they have a silent witness. They had an unseen witness who was taking account, who was taking stock of all that was happening, even in the matrimony of Mr. and Mrs. Ananias. Now, in that same verse too, the other line says, having read and kept back part of the price, the other verses, his wife also being private to it. Let me read it from the Easy English Bible. It says, But there was a man called Ananias among the group of believers. Are you saying? They were believers, so to say. His wife was called Sapphira. Together. So in partnership. In partnership. Actually, there should be partnership in marriage. But when our partnership is against the Lord, we need to be careful. We need to be very, very careful. So the Bible says, together they sold one of their fields. Ananias gave part of the money that he received to the apostles, but he kept part of the money for himself. Sapphira knew all about what Ananias had done. Are you saying? She knew all about it. She was in partnership with it. Maybe she was actually the one who was saying to her husband, what do you mean? Are we going to leave all the 400,000 pounds to the church and say we are doing God's work, that we are giving it to, to, to the work of the ministry? Are we going to leave everything? How will the children survive? We have the children university to pay for. Are we going to allow the children to go down getting student loan? And she may have brought many good reasons that motivated her husband to say, okay, let us keep some. So we are seeing that Ananias' wife Safira Ananias was in partnership 
she agreed, she supported her husband to keep some money away from the Lord, forgetting that the Lord actually is a witness in that home. What are the shady things you have been encouraging and supporting your husband to do? Sometimes you hear of Yahoo boys, you know, people who are fraudsters and how their wives are actively involved in that. There are stories of men who are drug dealers and how their wives are actually actively involved in that. There have been actually stories of people who have been sexually molested, abused, and their wives are partner to that. If these are happening outside the church, we say, okay, that is the attitude of the world. But how much more in the church? How much more for you as a Christian wife? What are the decisions your husband is making? What are the ways of getting things? Are you agreeing with your husband to sign a document that you both ought not to sign? Are you agreeing with your husband to change a quotation that is actually not true? Are you agreeing with your husband to claim a benefit that do not belong to your household? Whatsoever you are agreeing with your husband with that is against the will of God, God says, do not do it. In as much as your allegiance to your husband indeed, it is for poorer and richer time, it is for in sickness and in health, but if it is against the Lord, you have to honor the Lord above your husband because in doing that, you will save your soul and you will save your husband. So in this case, what should be your response? So rather than go in partnering with your husband against the Lord, what should be your response? Romans 15 1 says, We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. So if your husband, for example, is suggesting things that are contrary to the word of God, you as a wife is supposed to be a strong woman. In marriages where none of you is spiritual, then there is going to be catastrophe. So you have to develop yourself in the Lord and be the one that says no to unrighteousness in humility to your husband in order to help him. Beyond that now, if we go to Galatians chapter 6, the Bible says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. That was what Mrs. Ananias did not do. She saw someone who was doing wrong. Just like the Easy English Bible says, if you see that someone among you is doing a wrong thing, you must warn that person. That was what she ought to have done. But she did not warn her husband. She partnered with her husband. Your responsibility as a wife to your husband, remembering your marital vow, remembering that God is a witness in your matrimony, you are to warn him. You are to help him. You are to, in meekness, in humility, restore him. Let him see from the perspective of the word of God that actually this that we want to do is not biblical. It's not godly. I am praying that the Lord will help you not to be a wife who will support your husband in doing sin, in promoting sin, in loving sin. 
may you be a godly wife unto your own husband who will gently help him to come out of sin and into Christ. May you not partner with him against the Lord. May you in gentleness keep an attentive eye on your husband and on yourself. Amen. This is Women in Revival podcast. Two days ago, we continued the series Learning from Wives in the Bible. Our sub-series is Sephira, Loyal to Death Do Us Part. And our topic for today is When Partnership is Against the Lord. You may be asking, should I always partner with my husband, do things with him, agree with him, even when he is sinning? The answer to that is no. Do not partner with your husband against the Lord. Do not partner with your husband in the name of submission and then end up in hell. It is important for husbands and wives to submit to one another and to partner with each other in things, but not in sin. Do not allow your husband to lead you into sin and do not allow the so-called excuse of submitting or agreeing or keeping the peace in your marriage to drag you into sin and on the pathway to hell. Your life is your own. God does not decide on judgment day based on what your husband did, but on what you did. And if you follow him into sin and agree with him and commit sin together, then you are on the pathway to hell. I pray that as Deborah talks further about this subject, that God will speak to you and help you in whatever situation you are. Deborah Shinobi will now take us further on this subject. So Father, we thank you for this series and how you've been helping us. Thank you for the life of Safira that you've been opening our eyes to see. I am praying that you who began your good work in our hearts, you will complete it. In Jesus' name, Amen. So I want to welcome you back to the Women in Revival podcast and particularly to this series that we started uh, some few weeks ago now. We are on our last sub-series. We are looking at Safira, loyal till death do us part. We've seen the marriage vow and last time we saw Safira partnership with her husband. So we are going to move on today as we look at when partnership is against the Lord. And if you've missed any part of this series, go back to our website, www.okofrighteousness.co.uk. Go on our podcast by series. You should be able to find this series as, and many other series even on our website. And if there is any reason to contact us, do feel free to do that. The information is there on our website. So we want to look at when partnership is against the Lord. Last time we saw Ananias and Sapphira, they sold their property because the church then, people were selling their property. The Lord was moving in their hearts. The Lord was moving in their lives to the point that they were selling what they had in order to minister to the need of their fellow brethren. 
So when Mr. and Mrs. Ananiah saw that, they also decided to sell their possession. And the Bible says they sold their possession in agreement. And also in agreement, they decided to keep some part of the money away. So now let's go back to that Act chapter 5 where we read their story. Act chapter 5. And let's read verse 1, verse 2, verse 4, and verse 9. I will be pausing if I need to. Act 5, verse 1 says, But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. So we are seeing that Ananias and his wife sold a possession. Whether that was their only possession, maybe whether that was one of their possessions, we don't know. But one thing that we are taking again is that they did it in partnership. Now, verse 2, and kept back part of the price. So having sold the possession in unity, again, they kept some of the money back in unity. Mrs. Ananias was in cooperation with that. So kept back part of the price. His wife also being private to it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. We spoke about this last time. So we are seeing Ananias and Sapphira who sold their property, which was very good because they want to meet the need of others. But now we are being told that they kept part of what they sold. Now the matter actually is not that they kept part of the money. Maybe their property was sold for £400,000 and they kept £200,000 out of the money. Well, it is theirs. They have the right to do that. If what their heart is given is half of the money, it is actually entirely up to them. But now by the time we will get to verse 3 of this same scripture, maybe we should read verse 3, even though I wasn't intending that we should read verse 3. But I think it would be good for us to look at verse 3. Let me read it from that verse 2 again. And kept back part of the price, his wife also being private to it, and brought a certain part, and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why have Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost, and to keep back part of the price of the land? Whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thy own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart, and thou hast not lied unto me, but unto God? So the matter we are dealing with is not that they brought half, but they came telling lie that this is how much our property was sold. It was sold for 200 pounds, and it's as if they are sharing testimony. We really want to thank the Lord who is working upon our lives, you know. The Lord really move our hearts as we see what he is doing in our hearts. My self and my wife, we've sold our property. We sold it for 200 pounds, and we decided not to keep anything back. We are laying everything before the Lord for the care and for the welfare of all you, our brethren. You see, they were seeking man's applaud. So they lied against the Lord, both Ananias and his wife, Sapphira. And verse 7 says, And it was about the space of three hours after, when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in, and Peter answered unto her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, Yeah, for so much. Then Peter said unto her, 
how is it that you have agreed together? Are you saying, how is it that you have agreed together to tempt the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door and shall carry thee out. So Ananias having told lie to Peter and to the brethren, obviously the Lord judge had before you know it, Ananias was struck dead. And here now is the wife coming in. And Peter was asking, was the property sold in accordance to what your husband said? And she said, yes, that is exactly how it was sold. Verse 9 says, Then Peter said unto her, How is it that ye have agreed? It was wrong for you and your husband to do this bad thing. You agreed together to tell a lie. Yes, marriage is still death, do us part. Yes, we are to be loyal to our husbands. Yes, we are to be in partnership with our husband. But when that partnership, when that loyalty is against the Lord, when it involves lying to the Holy Spirit, then we need to take caution. We need to be very, very careful. For Mrs. Ananias, she was not. She agreed with her husband to sin against the Lord. And Proverbs chapter 1 verse 10 to 16 says, My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Mr. Ananias was a sinner. He was sinning and he brought his wife into the same and the wife agreed. If sinners entice thee, what does the Bible say? Do not give your consent. If your husband is promoting anything sinful, I'm seeing the Lord saying, do not consent to that. And it must be done again. How? In humility. If they say, come with us, let us wait for blood. Let us love privately for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them up alive as the grave. And all as those that go down into the pit, we shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our houses with spoil, casting thy lot among us. Let us all have one post. My son, walk not down in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. That was what Mrs. Ananias did not do. Verse 16. For their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. So the Lord says, if your husband is enticing you to sin, to do anything against the word of God, against his Holy Spirit, the Bible says, do not consent. No matter how the enticement is great, do not consent. It says, refrain your foot from such part. Sapphira did not refrain her foot from that part. She also desired the applaud of brethren. She wanted to be praised as someone who brought their own to the feet of the Lord. She consented with her husband and that became a serious issue to Mrs. Ananias. For immediately, Mrs. Ananias became a widow for the Lord judged her husband for lying against the Lord. And 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manner. Whatever evil communication you and your husband may be having, things you are planning that are against the word of God, the Bible says, it will corrupt your manner. It will corrupt you. 
maybe your husband is an alcoholic and he kept asking you to get him beer get him that accord and indeed in submission you said where the bible says i should submit and you kept going to buy him those alcoholic drink beloved you are not helping your husband you are helping him to die maybe in your case your husband really love it when you dress half naked when you wear clothes that are not modest for a godly woman and he said well that's what my husband likes god says no that is not godly that is not biblical you can win his heart through your godly living and maybe for you your husband likes you you know taking nude pictures taking ungodly pictures and you say well my husband just love it no that is not biblical that is not ungodly that is not godly oftentimes i see the pictures of wives I will post sometimes on our WhatsApp status things Christian women, Christian wives will post. Things that ought to be dignifying, you know. I will put it on the world wide web for people to see. The Bible says, do not consent. Inasmuch as it is my desire to see you live in submission to your husband, love him, cherish him, respect him both in sickness and in health both for better and for worse both in richer and in poorer but when what your husband is demanding for is sinful you need to consent not not just for your own sake much more for the sake of your husband's life when mrs ananias was in agreement with her husband it cost her the life of her husband it costs her even a matrimony. And it is my prayer that whatsoever it is that you have been partnering with your husband with for years, may the Lord use this series to dig that out and to bring an end to the same. Amen. This is Women in Revival podcast. Three days ago, we continued the series, Learning from Wives in the Bible. Our sub-series is Sephira, Loyal Till Death Do Us Part. And our topic for today is, The Eyes of the Lord Sees. Today we will see that God sees everything. He sees when partnerships are against him. Sephira may have been agreeing and committing sin with her husband in the name of being loyal, but the eyes of the Lord sees. Sister, do not partner with your husband in sin because the eyes of the Lord do see. He sees everything and nothing escapes his notice. Deborah Shinobi will now take us further on this subject. Father, we thank you so much for how you have helped us throughout this series and this sub-series that we started a few days ago. I am praying that you will yet speak to our hearts, Lord, in Jesus' name. 
Amen. I want to welcome you back to Women in Revival podcast. I am sure the Lord has been speaking to you throughout this series. We are still on this series, Learning from Wives in the Bible, and still continuing the sub-series, Safira, Loyal Till Death Do Us Part. Yesterday, we saw that Safira partnered with her husband, which is what a godly wife should do, to partner with her husband as long as a partnership is not against the word of God. Before we move on, can I just remind you that you can go back to our website www.okofrighteousness.co.uk. There you will find this particular series and all the sub-series on this learning from wives in the Bible and many other series and other resources that might be useful for your life journey as a woman, as a wife, as a mother, and much more as a child of God. And if you want to contact us, do feel free to contact us. Go on our website. All you need to contact us is there. You can WhatsApp or give us a call on plus 447944398415. So today we are going to look at the eyes of the Lord sees. The eyes of the Lord sees. He sees what you do, what no man can see. His eyes sees so let's go again to the book of Acts chapter 5, where we've been looking at this series from. Acts chapter 5, verse 3 to 4. I will be reading from the King James Version. If I need to consider other translations, I will do that. Acts chapter 5, verse 3 to 4 says, But Peter said, Ananias, why have Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? and to keep back part of the price of the land. Whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. So, we are seeing Ananias and Sapphira, who have been our case study, in this particular sub-series, we saw how the marriage vow goes and our part in fulfilling that vow indeed. We saw how Safira partnered together with her husband in selling their property in order to bring just as every other person were bringing their possession to the feet of the apostles. And we saw how Ananias and Sapphira kept some away and still came as though they were brought all. So they came as hypocrites. They came deceiving the brethren. And as we are looking at the Lord sees, so in this scripture again, we are going back again and again, looking at what Ananias and Sapphira did, how they behaved, how they tried to please people. They are okay outward. They are Christian. Actually, they don't wear earrings. They don't use jewelry. They get their heads covered. They don't wear trousers as the standard of holiness that many of us have promoted. But I am saying that actually, man looks at the outward, but God sees deeper. So God sees deeper into the life of Ananias and Sapphira. 
maybe they look holier than thou. Everybody may have believed that, oh, these are the best Christian ever. Everybody may have seen them in the fellowship of disciples as, wow, these are wonderful couples. But in the sight of the Lord, they were stinking. They were liars. They were deceivers. They were hypocrites. The eyes of the Lord saw what took place in the house of Ananias and Sapphira in the heart of Ananias and Sapphira. So in verse 4 of this Acts chapter 5, Peter asked, while the money was in your hands, is it not yours? Even after you sold the property, is it not in your power? Then why did you conceive? The heart of man, the Bible says, is terribly wicked. Why did you conceive this thing in your heart? And Peter said, you've not lied to men, but unto God. And I think I want to challenge every wife that is listening to this particular series. Maybe you are a young wife. Maybe you are a newly wedded wife. Maybe you've been in marriage for 30 odd years, 40 odd years, 50 odd years. Whatever number of years you've been in marriage. Are your hands clean? Do you join hands with your husband to claim benefits that you don't deserve? Do you join hands with your husband to cheat on people, to write things that are not correct? Do you forge signatures? Do you claim for what you ought not to claim for? Do you go and cheat on people as husband and wife? Or maybe it is your husband doing this and you are in full support when things look as if he's about to be caught you stood for him you tried to cover him up but peter says you are not doing this to men actually it is an action against god so ananias and Sapphira may have thought that they've done really well but god says i don't know what your activities are with your husband Maybe you are acquiring things for your children in a legal way, God sees. Maybe you have been smarting your way out of your nation system, of whatsoever system that have been put in place. Maybe you have been very smart, cheating on others, you know, getting what you want, and you are making life miserable to others as couples, God sees. Maybe for you, you have acquired things that are not yours. But in order to show your love to your husband, you went ahead. Man may not see, but God sees. I'm going to read the book of Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. And it says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. Are you saying God's eyes goes from south to west? From east to north, it walks round the four corners of the earth. The eyes of the Lord goes out to and fro. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Hearing thou hast done foolishly. Therefore from henceforth thou shalt have worse. Are you saying when you are doing things that you shouldn't be doing. Maybe you are in illegal deals. Maybe you have claimed um, 
benefit and insurance that is actually not true. God says you are acting foolishly and you are creating wars for your future and even for that of your children. For the eyes of the Lord is going up and down. God says, you know, I remember a story that somebody told me. He had an accident and, you know, the insurance company called him to say we had you had an accident that you somebody hit you. Are you okay? We've got claims for you, this and that. Are you okay? Then he told them that I'm fine. Nothing, everything is fine. Then they said, we'll call you back in some few days' time. So in a few days' time, indeed, they called him or so, and they were pressurizing him to say something is wrong with him, that, look, you will get this amount of money, you will get this, you will get that. And he said, no, I am fine. This is a believer, not just by saying I'm a Christian. The life of this man has always encouraged me. And he said, no, I can't claim this. I cannot do that. I had accident, yes, but there is no side effect of the same. So I can't be making claim upon the man who hit me because I'm fine. Now, these are um, awkward things, so to say, in our world. But as many who know that God's eyes is, we will labor to live a life that is pleasing unto the Lord. Ananias and Sapphira did not see it that way. They thought they were deceiving themselves, deceiving men, not knowing that actually God sees. And the God who saw spoke unto Peter. And Proverbs chapter 5 verse 21 to 23 says, For the Lord sees clearly what a man does, examining every part he takes. An evil man is held captive by his own sins. They are ropes that catch and hold him. He will die for lack of self-control. He will be lost because of his great foolishness. I am reading from the New Living Translation. If I need to read other translation, I will do so. So we are seeing that the Bible says, For the Lord sees clearly. He sees what you and your husband could be doing secretly what you may have done against the legal system of your nation, what you may have done against the authority, people you may have cheated on, people you may have bullied out of your whatsoever. Others may not see. Others may not be able to prove what you've done to them. You might have a smart barrister, a smart solicitor who knows how to fight for you. But I want you to know God sees. His eyes sees clearly. It says, an evil man is held captive by his own sins. You don't know that. Agreeing with your husband to do evil, to deceive others, is like setting trap, both for yourself and for your husband. Verse 23 of that Proverbs 5 says, he will die for lack of self-control. If you cannot con uh, control yourself from lying, from doing what is illegal, God says, you are making yourself vulnerable in the hands of the enemy. And I am praying that you will not make your life vulnerable, open for the enemy to afflict. I am praying that the Lord will give you wisdom to know how to step in. It might be going on your knees in prayer, 
saying, God, my husband is doing what is illegal, is claiming what is not his, is defending what is not true, is writing as putting for what is not correct. It might mean speaking to the elders of your church or your pastor, because that is saying if the trumpet sounds while you and your husband are perpetrating this, you will be left behind. Definitely. And Hebrews chapter 4 verse 13 says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. What you may have done, man may not know, but God sees. And you need to know that one day both you and your husband will stand at the judgment throne of God. Have you been claiming tax refund that you are not entitled to? Have you been doing whatsoever you've been doing? Have you been cheating on others, both you and your husband, or maybe you and your husband is in support and you are finding it very wonderful? You are defrauding people, even fellow Christian. God says you are walking in the path of death. Nothing in all creation is hidden from me. And it is my prayer that you will make amendment. For there is not one person who can hide indeed from God. You cannot hide your thoughts. Nothing remains a secret before God. And nothing created is concealed. But everything is exposed and defenseless before his eyes. To whom we must render an account. That is Hebrews 4.13, the Passion Translation. I am praying if there are things you and your husband have been doing, Maybe you've been defrauding the benefit system of your nation. Maybe you've been doing things in a legal way. Maybe you have a law firm and you have been helping people out in a legal way. You know, you know their case is not right. And as a believer, you cannot face them and say, no, I can't defend this case. It is against the word of God. Maybe for you, you are selling things that are not genuine maybe for you you are cheating on whoever you are not a person of integrity you only do right when you know you will be caught when you know you will be put into trouble god says you may hide it from men but you cannot hide it from me yes you want to be loyal to your husband but your loyalty must not be against the God who sees. And I am praying that you will make amendments wherever amendments needs to be made. Amen. This is a Women in Revival podcast. Four days ago, we continued the series, Learning from Wives in the Bible. Our sub-series is Sephira, Loyal to Death Do Us Part. And our topic for today is the end of Mrs. Sephira Ananias and her husband. In the end, both Sephira and Ananias unfortunately died. 
This was because they partnered together in sin. Safira came to church after her husband and she did not know that her husband had died and she continued standing on the lie that they gave everything. Sister, don't partner with your husband in sin. Don't, in the name of loyalty, in the name of submission, or any other thing, partner with your husband in sin. In the end, Sephira and Ananias died. They both died on the same spot. Sephira was indeed loyal to death do us part. Sister, don't, in the name of loyalty, behave like Sephira. Instead, pray for your husband when he wants to make such decisions and don't agree with him with such decisions. You may not die on the spot, but if you behave in such a manner and continue doing so and don't repent, you are on the way to hell. And that death is even more terrible than the first death. Deborah Shinbi will now take us further on this subject. Father, we thank you, Lord, for how you helped us throughout this series. Thank you for the 11 women that we've looked at as a mirror for our lives as wives. Some of them were positive, some of them were negative. But from their lives, we've learned one thing or another. And it is my prayer that you will edify every wife who is going through this series and edify their matrimony. As we round up this series today, it is my prayer that, Lord, you will seal it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us through to the end of this series, Learning from Wives in the Bible, and this sub-series, Safira, Lawyer, Till Death Do Us Part. I'm sure the Lord has encouraged your heart one way or another. Do feel free to contact us if you have questions, follow up. Just feel free to contact us and we will find a way to get through to you. Today is the last day of this series, Safira Loyalty Dedros Part, and the end of learning from wives in the Bible. Even though we are ending this series, it should not be the end for you. You can always go to our website, www.talkofrighteousness.co.uk to retrieve this series again and listen to it. Get one of your girlfriends. Go through it together, discuss it together. If you need to contact us, do feel free to do that. Today, as we round up this series, when we started looking at this Safira lawyer till death do us part, we saw the marriage vow. We saw how Safira was faithful to her marital vow. She partnered with her husband, but we saw when that partnership became a business that was against the Lord. And last time we saw that what they thought God could not see, God saw. And today we are going to look at the end of Mrs. Safira Ananaya and the end of her husband also. What was the ordeal of Mrs. Ananias in this series? Our ordeal was that she was faced with decision-making with her husband. And which she's done so well, she partner with her husband in selling their property, in going to church, just name that. And a time came when they now agreed to lie against the Lord. I don't know who presented the situation of her. Maybe it was the husband or she. But anyway, that was what they were faced with, to look good to the brethren or to be truthful before the Lord. And we saw 
Safira not allowing her life to adorn the gospel. She chose the path of getting people's applaud above even faithfulness and honesty before the Lord. And we are going to see our end at the end of her husband. So let us go again to the book of Acts chapter 5 that we have been looking at. You know, this Acts chapter 5 reminded me of a story when I was still young. I remember that night. It's one of those stories that I cannot forget. I was sharing this with my one of my girls sometimes in the past. You know, I remember in the middle of the night, there was a time, I think then I was in early years of secondary school. So we were supposed to pay for something at school or buy something for school work. And I was that type of child who did not have that boldness to ask for money from my parents for whatsoever was needed. So I needed that money to get what was needed at school. And I didn't ask my parents. So in the middle of the night, I knew my dad hid some money in his uh, Bible. And I remember getting up in the middle of the night and opened my daddy's Bible and took, I think it was five naira then, from his Bible. I thought my dad was sleeping. But as I took the money to hide it, I just heard my dad's voice saying, called my name and say, so you know how thieves operate. You know how robbers operate. You know the time they operate. You know it's in the night. And you know, my dad was saying that. He said to me, you open that Bible and see where I hid that money. And I opened it was in the story that we are looking at, Acts chapter 5. Oh, thank God for fathers. So let us go to Acts chapter 5 and let's read verse 4 and 5 first. And the Bible says, Wise it remained, was it not thy own? Now this is Peter talking to Mr. Ananias. And after it was sold, was it not in thy own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thy heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. 5 now. And Ananias hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost and great fear came on all them that heard these things so we see the end of mr ananias the, the husband of Sapphira. immediately an end came to her husband loyalty that the worst part but a loyalty to her husband in this case was such that sent her husband to untimely death Immediately, the Bible says, the husband fell down and gave up the ghost. Wives, you need to be careful the things you are agreeing with your husband over. Are there things that will help them to continue to be like Jesus or will they help them to die? You know, some of us wives, we give our husbands even food that are not necessarily good for their health. Are you helping that man to survive? Or helping him to die. Some of your husbands have, you know, health challenges. Some of them are diabetic, hypertensive, and what have you. Some of them have various underlying health issues. And instead to think of the right diet that will help them, maybe you are bombarding your husband with junks, with food that are not nourishing for his body, not bringing restoration to his health. You need to take it to that also. Maybe your husband just love nibbles, love nibbling, love things that are sweet to the mouth, but bad to the body. And you just get them for him. You need to reconsider that. 
and think of how can you help your husband to eat healthily. I don't know why I deviated into that. So we are saying that Ananias fell down and he died immediately. And now let's see Mrs. Ananias herself. Acts 5, 9 to 11 says, Then Peter said unto her, this was when the wife came now, How is it that ye have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord beyond the feet of them which have buried thy husband at the door and shall carry thee out? Then fell she down straightway at his feet and yielded up the ghost. And the young man came in and found her dead and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. And great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. Oh, there is a prayer, a saying from my local language. You know, I'm from Africa. And the saying says, may the world not use our life as a bad example. But such is what we are saying concerning Safira. She did not help her husband. Her loyalty to her husband was such that led to her husband's untimely death and to her untimely death. And like I said, pray, consider what are the areas that you need to make amendment as a wife in your husband's life. Maybe you both engage in some ungodly movies, ungodly things that you read. You may both have to reconsider. There are some things that are not actually good for Christian couples. There are writings, there are literatures, there are songs that both of you shouldn't be listening to. Maybe it has been suggested to you that listening to Marvin Gaye, you know, is very good. It helps to solidify your relationship. Actually, that could bring death to your matrimony. Because before you know it, your husband will be seeking for more other music beyond the Marvin Gaye that you are listening to, that you are both listening to. And it is my prayer that the Lord will give you wisdom to indeed partner with your husband, to be loyal with your husband, to help him to live and not to die. May you not be unequally yoked together even for the slaughtering of your husband, for the killing of your husband before his time. May you be that wife that help your husband to live and not to die. May your loyalty to him be the type of loyalty that will help your husband to grow in the knowledge and, and in the admonition of the Lord. Maybe I should actually close with First Peter. Maybe you are saying, well, if I don't agree with him, how do I help him? If I don't agree with him, will I not help him not to come to know the Lord? Will I not look like a word that is not submissive? First Peter chapter 3 verse 1 says, Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands. If any obey not the word, they also may without word be warned by the conversation of the wives. Are you saying the Bible says be in submission? If your husband is a husband that do not obey the word of God, but through your life, as you obey the word of God, your life will become the Bible that your husband can read. If your husband says, go and get me the cigarette, and you say, no, my darling, I can't get you cigarette. Cigarette is not good for your health. I cherish you more than anything. I'm not going to get you that cigarette because you are very, very valuable to me. You see, in doing that, you are honoring the Lord and you are showing him the love you have for him. 
You know, the easy English Bible says, I need to say the same thing to you wives. You should each obey your husband, even if your husband does not believe God's message about Jesus Christ. You should still respect him. If you do that, he may then turn to God and believe his message. So it is my prayer that the Lord will make you a wife who have a godly conversation, whose life can be an epitome of godliness, of righteousness, even to your husband. Amen.